0: Five, four, three, two, one! fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready Set Pwn Podcast, your sorcerer, I think do with the Bank Titans and the Toronto Defiant. I am Chris. At Light Forest coming to you live in the year 2021. Joined virtually by Sam at another Sam Chan and on the at Omni stripe Welcome, gentlemen, and happy new year. We made it! Is it safe to go outside? I have Hi. not. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say I haven't I haven't been outside for a long time. Reviews like... of
1: outside have been mixed. About three and a half stars on Amazon <laughs> at the moment.
0: Really? three? That's actually that's pretty high. I mean, considering the weather that we've been seeing, yeah, it's been kind of miserable.
1: I I had a call with a a guy from Ottawa and another guy who's in um somewhere in the Middle East. I can't remember exactly where right now. So so I started talking about how the weather was miserable. The the guy in Ottawa chimes in. And he's like, "Dude, you guys don't know miserable." And then the third <laughs> guy from the Middle East comes in. And he's like, "Yo, guys, it's like fifty degrees Celsius here."
0: Uh, That's don't miserable. miss that. He won. <laughs> yeah. The the my theory is is that with cold weather there are things that you can do to warm up. Now granted if it's stupid cold warming up is maybe a challenge. But with hot weather like what do you do to cool down?
1: Right. The whole idea of like putting on more layers versus peeling off your skin, right?
2: Yeah. Like having lived in the Middle East, it's basically a race from AC to AC uh from the car to the house to the office. It's horrible. You, you you never felt a true burn until you've mistakenly touched the metal of your seatbelt uh, after the car is set in the sun for a while.
0: Oh God, that I've I've done that. Oh my here. God, I can't imagine a way. Like <laughs> it's there. Wor- way worse. Oh my God, It's like branding cattle. Speaking of, of branding cattle, um, considering there hasn't been any Overwatch League action to watch, I've been binging shows on uh, on Amazon Prime. i wasn't watching Yellowstone. How is like, that? where's this going? <laughs> it's okay. Yellowstone. Well, first of all, Yellowstone has getting ads everywhere for one. So I find like, okay, I sure I'll watch it. It's, I really enjoyed it. The best way I can describe it. It's like the Montanan version of Sopranos.
2: Mm. Okay.
0: So I've, I've binged That's... essentially the three seasons that are on, on prime video and really, really, really enjoyed it. It's not mm. for the little ones. So if you if you would consider yourself a little one, don't watch it. If you're unsure if you're considered a little one, you probably should. I it's Eight point
2: five on IMDb—that's not too bad.
0: It's yeah, higher ratings better. than the weather. Yeah, well, and you look at like if you look at the critical reviews, uh, they've improved season over season. The actual oh. um, sort of market share of viewers when because it's actually a show that's aired live on the Paramount Network. Interesting. Um, the act, the numbers have been increasing season over season, uh, which is is substantial in the in the realm of entertainment. Normally, it's yeah. you know peaks and valleys is consistently growing. So True. again, has absolutely nothing to do with Overwatch League, but uh, good show nonetheless. Uh, speaking of the Overwatch League, though, uh, we will get into that in a moment. There is some news out of the Vancouver Titans front, at least since our last episode, which was last year. That's how long ago. The last episode was. It was last year. Payne's got news. Uh, some stuff that we learned about the Toronto Defiant, uh, eSports in Canada in general, uh, some adjustments happening throughout the Overwatch League itself, but you could probably appreciate it. has been you know, relatively quiet, all things considered, uh, wrapping up uh, 2020 into to 2021. So what we're going to do here is get onto the payload and talk about some podcast news. Moving to payload. Join me. So, what is this podcast news that uh, that we're going to share? Well, well, Sam, why don't I throw it to you?
1: So, there's uh, there's no easy way to say this, but I think I'm sneaking a little bit into the fray as well by dropping the news off the top. I think I think when we started this podcast, it became very well known what a Ru Hong fanboy I am. And it just got announced either earlier today or yesterday. It's very blurry. It depends on when you're listening to this as well, that he has officially kind of retired as a player and he's going to be a content creator uh, for Gen G eSports. So, so if you're a Gen G fan, you know, congratulations more Ru J Hong. But if you're an owl fan like us, we know that, you know, this is a legend retiring into the fray. Um, so with that, I am also announcing my retirement officially as um, a regular podcast host on here. So it's been an awesome two years. Um, I joke about it being, you know, being fired from the show and maybe that's (laughs) how life force has felt. Um, But honestly, it's just with with everything that's gone on in the last year. um, Honestly, this podcast was a little bit of haven away from reality at times. Um, but, but life gets busy and, and when life gets busy, I honestly just no longer have the the energy, um, to keep up to date with these two young kids here. Um, and so this is going to be my last episode as a regular co-host. Um, what does that mean for me going forward? I don't exactly know. Uh, I'm not disappearing or or going anywhere. You're still going to see me on discord. You're still going to see me trolling Omni and, and of course, Chris, (laughs) um, probably even more than before now that, now that, now that I'm free from my contract. Um, but yeah, like, um, I'm, I'm very comfortable leaving the, the podcast regularly to you two folks. And if it felt like I was leaving it in a bad place, like I wouldn't leave. Um, but I think, um, the future is still bright for RSP.
0: So, uh, is it safe to say you're becoming a, a Valorant podcaster? (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, I mean, don't let the cat out of the bag, but, uh, episode two just released today at the day of recording. So if I'm going to make it to pro by the time I turn 18, uh, I got some work to do. Well,
0: well I wish you, you know, all the best as you, you transition into this, this new title, this, this new and exclusive esports juggernaut that is a, that is Valorant. Um, but yeah, I, I, I won't lie. I'm, I'm a little down about this this development i know you had mentioned it to me uh last week and then you had shared news here here with omni um totally trolling him by the way like you (laughs) you you share here's my you know tweet longer and or twit longer sorry and omni's like what
1: yeah but i then found out it was a lot of work to write a twit longer
0: so (laughs) (laughs) actually is there a character minimum for twit longer's
1: I don't know, but like, I don't know, think so up for stuff. And I was just like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. want to bother with this. I'm just going to take a screenshot.
0: Yeah. could just Say I retire. And that's it. That's a twit longer. It takes yeah. more, more effort to type that into twit longer, but that's like following the meta. The last dance
1: for sure. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Michael Jordan retired like twice. So, you know,
2: yeah. I mean, so wait,
1: I, I got ways to catch up to Fisher himself. Suddenly,
2: he comes back after two years and uh, onto like the, the Canadian Overwatch uh, show on YouTube. Yeah, I'll he'll come be back a...
1: for the Premier Edmonton Overwatch. Team. <laughs> he'll, <laughs> he'll be
0: the co-owner. That, does that mean I finally get a raise? I guess so. I mean, where else is that money going to go, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can uh, have my salary,
2: dude. Yeah. Well, I, I I'd like to say some things, a couple of things too, like your handle might be another sam chan but for to me you were the sam chan you're actually i think the fourth google result for sam chan when at least when i type it so uh that's not just another
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's true i appreciate that man
2: and i i can't believe really that you're leaving me here with this uh ryan one trick to uh carry the podcast and uh I, I guess we did do something special for episode 101 it wasn't episode 100 but here we have like some uh podcast news uh, you kind of survived uh 2020 and uh yeah if 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 not if but when did the fined play the titans in the season 4 grand finals don't beg us to like have you back for a special episode and, like,
1: I mean that's the time to cash in my check <laughs> right so right. immediately after we talked about you know me leaving the very next thing was when am I going to claim that bet win?
0: Right. Well, I, I I am presuming that I'm off the hook now.
1: I think I think Discord may have a thing or two to say about that.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll Sam. I, I I promise not to tell anything to Chris. But I'm go- I'm just gonna drop like leak the juice right here and now. The actual reason Sam's leaving is because, uh, unbeknownst to Chris, we're we're actually starting another podcast. Uh, Ready, set, ball, focusing on the Vancouver <laughs> Grizzlies. And yeah, we're going to
1: turn to the NBA.
2: Do, do a weekly <laughs> episode covering, you know, the news and, and developments of the Vancouver Grizzlies uh, franchise. I'd, I'd listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, 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 that has to be like a miserable I podcast. Mean, you might
1: as well start one now, right? Because they're talking yeah. about getting another NBA team in Seattle and yeah, making noise. Right. Right. So, mm-hmm. so Chris needs to complete the gauntlet, right? Like I'm a little <laughs> disappointed. He doesn't have a lions podcast.
0: Well, I, there's no way I could compete with, uh, Brian Warrishan and his, his lions podcast <laughs> titled the Podcast," like P A W D.
1: Oh, that's, that's a pretty good name, man.
0: Smart. Yeah, it is. It is. But, uh, no, I, and it, it's going to be, uh, obviously a quite a bit different just, uh, just uh, Omni and I, and you know, as to what the future will hold, um, quite frankly, I'm not sure. I, I I really enjoyed the three of us, the chemistry we had, the the ability to just uh, you know kick back and, and talk about a, a game that uh, for the most part, you know, we enjoy playing from time to time. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll I guess you know invite you back here and there, and maybe I can guest yeah. on your you know Ready Set Ball podcast. Yeah. <laughs> sure where we only talk about overwatch (laughs) well enough of the the podcast news let's actually talk about uh, titans news so in our last episode we had shared that the vancouver titans were short a player and they had until uh, essentially early days of january to january 7th right uh, january 4th was the deadline as to who that that number seven would be oh yeah and the Vancouver Titans were, like many other teams, waiting until the last possible second. Uh, and they, they announced the addition of Taru, who is actually a Korean player, which I know shocked many of our listeners, many of the, the followers of the Vancouver Titans that won. The Titans were signing a Korean player too, that a Korean player would come and play for the Titans. Um, I will admit that there is a sort of mixed opinion as to his skill level, I'll be one to admit I don't actually know much about him, so I can't, I can't speak to that. But uh, what I've found quite interesting since the announcement that he is joining the Titans is he has been uh, he's been creating content streaming. Um, his comms are strong. He does seem to acquit himself quite well when he's been playing. Um, he's been engaging a little bit in Titans Chord, which is obviously good too, so... You know, I would have to say it's a decent pickup by the Titans. Now, is he the best choice out of everyone that might've been available? Eh, We can all debate that until, you know, we run out of breath, but we're going to talk a little bit about this a little later. The Titans have a plan organizationally uh, from uh, Justin down. They have a plan and arguably that's better than I think the Titans of, Mm -hmm. of sort of past have ever had. Even, even when you consider their first roster, the plan was these guys know how to play, let them play, and they sort of did their thing. Now they actually are, are providing sort of some structure around it. Yeah, they're actually giving some thought, and, and
2: there is a feel of, of, of planning uh, for sure, even though like you said that our uh, listeners were kind of surprised, but I, I, I would say myself, I was really surprised i i we spoke about this before i thought we were gonna sign like a, a western player for sure mm-hmm. and maybe a veteran i i don't think we signed uh the titans haven't signed a rookie uh ever since they did uh you know had the the entire fallout for, for the uh, roster and then they had to pick up some uh tier two talent but i i was sure that they were going to pick up like nico or someone like that uh but not only a rookie but they also sign a korean rookie at that and and this Mm -hmm. is very cool because one thing i don't like uh, about uh roster construction in the overwatch league is when you kind of limit yourself or you try to force it into some kind of mold right some something that the used to be the standard for the titans in the past whether it was okay we picked up runaway that means we can't really bring in anyone who's a uh, western or now we're going western we that means we cannot bring anyone from uh, korean contenders despite like COVID being a big big part of that but but i like the fact that uh they trialed a bunch of people and we're going to talk about that a little bit a little bit and they chose this guy because he actually showed some promise right and mixed rosters were proven to work in the past for for the great part. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, great examples of that. And when you need a flex DPS, you got to find the best player uh, available. And Teru, like you said, he's mostly kind of an an unknown commodity because he was playing behind Pelican um, and he was benched for the most time. And and Pelican is obviously one of the most uh, lauded players coming out of tier two. Uh, But from what we hear, he's very skilled mechanically. I saw some of his Twitch... uh, content yeah definitely seems to be uh a good in the game of overwatch mm-hmm. uh but uh yeah he, he has a deep pool of characters that we surely um need right he plays genji farah doomfist echo the works really and then when you have like Lingzer, and we have Lingzer is more of a specialist and dalton can play a bunch of heroes we still need that uh flex projectile uh, whatever you want to call it uh player and and. And, and for for the part about him meshing with the team, I hope that the guys in Vancouver welcome him. And judging from our little interactions and, and peaks of, of, you know, uh, of the events we've had in, in Discord, they seem like a really friendly and positive bunch. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he'll find find his spot on the team. Uh, and uh, who knows, if, like, things might be, I don't want to, like, talk in cliches, but, it could be like a steal of an off season kind of scenario where nobody really th- heard about the guy. And, and obviously he's, he's, people say that his mechanics are pretty crazy. So who knows really?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I, I know too much about Taru either. It seemed like he, he did pretty well in, in Korean contenders in the last couple seasons. And I'm glad it's not just like somebody completely brand new, but, um, But I kind of wanted to bring your attention to to the actual release, where where like kind of Halo of Thoughts, sort of friend of the show, um, they had a riddle ready. He had a riddle ready Mm -hmm. because he didn't get confirmation um, about about the signing. So so he kind of let it go because he's trying to be you know more legit this season. And respect to him for doing that. But (laughs) but here's the thing, Aaron. That's right. I'm calling you by your first name. Ooh. Poems and riddles are our thing. Right? <laughs> so so one last time, here we go. There oh. once was a dude named Taru. Some say he's godlike, some say he's poo, but no matter your thoughts, <laughs> it's true Titans got one more player in blue.
0: Nice. That's that Samson song
2: right there. I love uh using uh words that rhyme with poo in my
0: poems. <laughs> That's that's, that's top-tier content.
1: I mean, I went to university for poetry. (laughs)
0: Um, I was going to say I have one complaint about that video. Is that uh, us here at RSP have been there since day one, are still waiting uh, to be memed on uh, by the Vancouver Titans. They memed Plat Chat in that first announcement, and they memed on uh, Halo the second time around. Mm -hmm. So just saying... We're here. We've been here since day one. Nudge, Maybe. nudge. Yeah. Anyhow, what else have we learned about the Vancouver Titans? Well, after the tour signing, Justin dropped into Titans Discord and he actually started chatting and answering questions. And one of the things he had commented on was that he, you know he wants to be more transparent uh, than sort of previous years have been, more engaged with the community. Uh, and to that effect, he was pretty much answering all of the questions that came his way during the time. If we rewind to sort of this time-ish last year, maybe a little bit later, we had heard something very similar from, from Anthony Morocco, but then the transparency kind of disappeared. Uh, the reckoning, the schism, whatever you want to call it, occurred, and then more of the same throughout the rest of the year. So I'm, I'm not necessarily going to go and award a gold star quite yet. But to Justin's credit, he did address some things. And what did we learn? Uh, Titans are going to go with a seven-person uh, roster. In fact, Justin had shared that he feels many teams are going to go with seven. Um, why? Obviously, every team probably has a different opinion. One might suggest it's a cash issue. Uh, another might suggest, well, if they're all playing virtually, does it really matter uh, to the, the extent that you have flexibility can be built into a larger roster true but to address that justin had said he feels that flexibility comes from the dps role like you know you and there is some logic to that uh, if you were to need you know someone to go to support and let's say anna's the pick for a particular map or meta likelihood is is not to suggest you want a lynxer or a dalton to main that that position you could probably put one of them into an anna spot and then conversely, if you had to go and, and have someone on a, a tank role, his logic, again, DPS has that ability to, to adjust more than your, your tank or support players do. So trust him on that logic there. We've also seen the Vancouver Titans produce some content, one of which was a video with uh, Justin, Pew and, and Flabby, where they were talking a little bit about the process that they went through uh, to acquire this roster. Now, they didn't talk a lot about the three they've retained But what they did talk about was the four that they've then added and the process that the Vancouver Titans went through was approximately 120 players through a process of scrims and tryouts over the course of three phases. So phase one was all contenders that they had wanted to look at phase two were those contenders they wanted to look at further. So the ones who sort of passed phase one and any owl players they wanted to take, uh, a gander, And in the final phase was really a combination of those two left over. And that's where they started scrimming uh, not only against each other, but against other owl sort of scrim squads. Mm-hmm. And they came to the conclusion that Fire, Fried, Lynxer, and Taru were their targets. I still believe that uh, Agilities was a target until he wasn't which is why we saw the signing of Taru happen as late as it did. That was an adjustment, but uh, they talked a little bit about how each of them brings something different. Um, they acknowledged they didn't really have that in-game leader last year. I mean, we heard here had sort of talked about, could that have been Rolf? Uh, could that have been Shred? But it sounds like neither one of them really stood sort of stood into that position. And uh, it sounds like fried will be that guy. Um, Fire has uh, come in and really focused on on bringing the, the team together. Uh, Linkser is the brains of the operation. Um, they didn't get to too much into her outside of the fact that they do look to have him come over to NA, and the plan is to have the whole team in Vancouver at some point. Obviously, uh, pandemic restrictions acknowledged, uh, but we've still got some time to go before the the season will start up. But is there anything you know from that that either one of you had learned that you wanted to talk about?
2: No I'll just echo what you said about uh the video being pretty interesting and revealing. I like the fact that they had a process of 120 players trialing. That's no joke. That's a lot of Overwatch played. And, and I like the Yeah, like why would you just limit yourself to Contenders talent? There is some uh, sick talent over in I mean, like uh
1: finished top 10 in that tournament or something. I think
2: I think we have even despite us being disqualified over a technicality. I'm sure that like if had I registered on time, we'd probably finish even higher.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say we walked away undefeated.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> despite having a record of zero zero oh and one. Well, no, we that that we didn't try that match. We were already guaranteed entry. That's so that's true. That's true. You know, we we sandbagged.
2: Yeah. Well, our we we are best at like the mystery heroes meta, anyways. <laughs>
0: The one thing that uh, I would be remiss in mentioning is that we've actually seen very similar videos out of Toronto where they've sat down with, with KDG and uh, Adam Adonin and they're providing very similar context to sort of their thought process and what they're going through to, to build out their teams. Why we're, you know, sort of, I guess, more excited about the Vancouver Titans uh, providing this content is that Toronto has always been doing this and that's not a problem. That's actually really good. We're now finally seeing the Vancouver Titans do things that other relatively, you know, established overwatch league teams do like the Toronto defiant. It's funny. Both teams started in this league at the same time. And yet the Titans are catching up to Toronto. Go figure. Um, but we did learn uh, a little bit about, uh, what's going to be happening to the the Toronto defiant from uh, Adam Adam on Twitter. Um, He had shared that the plan is, is to have all of them in Toronto by the end of January, which I believe puts to bed my crazy theory that the defiant could find themselves in Korea. I know it doesn't completely eliminate the possibility, but having them all come to Toronto first in my mind is, is a logistical step that sort of, Impedes than jumping on another plane and, and relocating to Korea. It could still happen, sure, but much less likely. And we'll talk more about the and the fray, but uh, again, news out of Toronto is that. I found one other interesting thing about the Toronto Defiant. Their Twitter account has gone pretty quiet since the, the holiday season. Mm. Not to suggest that that's unusual. I mean, many things go quiet, but... Uh, I went to looked at their Twitter account today and there's a few and far tweets in between. And I also noticed Adam, he has no Twitter history from last year. It's all disappeared.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think uh, like I would love
2: them to play in over in Toronto because I, I, I'd be glad to see those <laughs> matches without having to, you know, wake up in the middle of the night or morning uh, but uh, Toronto or not, I think at least I hope that season five is when we get, you know, full on homestands again. And teams need to be looking into long term team facilities as, as early as season uh, four or the, the upcoming season to like try mm-hmm. and set the groundworks to what that might look like once the pandemic uh, clears. So maybe that's part of it. And we can also see that like from Vancouver trying to get all the players here before before it's too late. Yeah.
0: And last but not least, uh, the Globe and Mail, which is a national newspaper here in Canada, had an article on the Aquilini's family investment in uh, esports. Uh, essentially, it was an article on uh, uh, enthusiast gaming, which the Aquilini family owns or has an ownership stake in. And it talked about how Essentially, the, the international that took place here in, in Vancouver was, was the impetus to the Aquilini family and, and uh, Adrian Montgomery there at the time working for the Connect Sports and Entertainment uh, CEO. How it got this on their radar, that esports was a thing. And what impressed them the most uh, was that the international was promoted by one tweet and it sold out with that one tweet, Hey, tickets are available and they pack the stadium. This then sort of leads me to believe that the Aquilini family saw this as potential. Like, Oh my goodness, we can pack this building with a tweet. And that might sort of speak to probably in some respect, their approach in the early going is that, Oh, it worked for this well-established organization around a, you know, a functional tournament. Why won't it work for the overwatch league? Um, so maybe some naivety on, on the family's part. But there are some that often go and talk about how, oh well, no, the probably family probably looking to, to sell the the franchises, whether it be the Call of Duty League and the Surge or Overwatch League and the Titans. I do not think it's the case. I've, I've told you as a listener that I do not think that'll be a case. I've talked about it in Titans Court, RSP Court on Twitter. This article just reinforces all of that. They have acquired, with an eye to the future, Enthusiast Gaming, Luminosity Gaming, uh, obviously the, the esports franchises. And since then, Enthusiast Gaming has actually acquired its own uh, share of publications. And they're banking on esports as the future, as a means to make bank. They're not making money right now. Yeah. But the Aquilinis arguably could weather this storm. Probably better than others. Not to suggest they're in the best position, but if they if they have money in the bank and they can burn through it and an appetite to do so, thinking that in five years or ten years there's something that's going to really turn the corner, that's the future.
2: Yeah, I, I don't see where those comments came from um, about Aquilini's not being here for the long run. I mean, they own a, a and traditional sports franchise, they know how how massively it got hit from the pandemic and, and how esports is kind of an alternative to that, how everybody says like it's it's so fast growing and, and that's the future. And, and frankly, I think they do see that because all of their business moves so far, and, and like you said, there were quite a lot of those, they're all set on that trajectory of, of sustainability and long-term investment. I just hope that the operations side also follows suit and, and they invest a little bit back into the team itself uh, and not just on the business side. Uh, but, yeah, these are all uh, reaffirming moves, and, and I'm happy for that. The longer we have eSports scene here in Vancouver, the better, in
0: my eyes. I think if there's a comparison to what we see from from OAM and, and, and Adam, is that... I do wish the organization here in Vancouver had that sort of similar passion or, or sort of person that was as invested at that level uh, in the high as, Adam. as Adam is, yeah. right? Like, like I'll use Francesco Aquilini as a good example. Francesco is fully <laughs> invested in the Vancouver Canucks. He's on Twitter or whomever is manning his account on Twitter, talking about the Canucks, uh, game days, Uh, there's pictures of him, uh, you know, watching scrimmages, and as the owner I'd sort of, you know, expect some of that Now, are the Vancouver Titans as as big as the Canucks? No And I will give him some credit, you know, I've seen him at uh, Titans events like he has been there, he's been around Um, maybe not the most accessible, he sits off in the the corner and that's sort of the no-go zone, but he doesn't sort of have that same investment that we see from Adam with OAM as it would be here with the Titans or the Surge. But then one might extend that even further. We don't see that investment of the Vancouver Warriors, another traditional sports franchise that connects sports and entertainment own, uh, in the National Reclo- Lacrosse League. So, yeah, I'm humming and hawing a little bit about it, but I kind of wish that there was an Adam here. I think it would be good for the team. I think it would be good for the league, and it would be good for the Battle of Canada and good for the podcast. I mean, uh, Adam has expressed interest in joining us and it would be kind of cool if there was someone like here, that near in Vancouver that would be willing to, to talk shop. And now that Sam's going, I mean, theoretically we have a spot. To open up. <laughs> right? I was going to say, does Adam have any time to co-host a podcast? <laughs> what you Adam and uh, Omni talking ready, set ball. Uh, I mean, <laughs> don't let all our secrets get out (laughs) oh yeah i'm gonna have to get used to you going there sam i feel
2: like if we had adam as a third host in here our episodes would go on for like two hours at least and i mean this (laughs) in the best possible way not in a bad way
0: at all no he like (laughs) (laughs) he is so passionate about right right he has so much that he can share and contribute. Like totally. I'm just amazed the, the times that we've had an opportunity to, to have a conversation with him. So uh, Adam, if you're listening, uh, Sam's leaving seats there for you to take it. Let us know. Get I'll still take to that
1: jersey though, Adam.
0: What? You want that Toronto defiant jersey? Why As not? As the known Toronto hater.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm not actually can't lie. I am a Toronto hater, but I'm not a defiant hater.
2: Yeah, like get a logics jersey. You can't hate on logics, right? No, yeah, you can't. Sure.
1: You really, it's illogical. <laughs> I mean, it was right there. It was.
0: <laughs> Speaking of being right there, it's time for a break before we dive into the fray. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but a team cut a player. <laughs> uh, now, loosely, a team cut a player. Fuse no longer with the uh, London Spitfire. It's a long fuse. Hey. <laughs> uh, this, you know, when it comes to sort of secrets, this was the biggest secret that existed. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand why it took so long, but it did. Um, fuse is no longer with the, the London Spitfire. Uh, but there have been some additions. Why? Because the Spitfire finally announced the players that would be on the roster. Again, they were one of the sort of three teams that were in this position uh, to actually share some news. The Titans were one. The Spitfire were the other. So after letting Fuse go, the London Spitfire announced that they had signed Bla- Blase, uh, Ripa, Kellex, Hadi, uh, molhig Hybrid, Sparker. So they now have themselves a team that is Quite a bit different than the teams they've had in the past. The New York Excelsior, well, they signed Feather, Ivy, Flora, and Guangguang. and they also announced a coaching squad of Why not? Uh, is it Skix or Six? Uh, Nugget, unknown, and IMT. And in Paris, they announced that to get amazed is their new head coach. That was a London. Well, yeah, it was a lot of names. London. London Hurricane. Yeah, it's essentially. Blaise and Blase, Australia. London has has gone the route of the Vancouver Titans, kinda. Though they didn't do it in the middle of a season. Interestingly, you- a, a, like a small comment, excuse
2: me, about London, they have now uh, seven players, but one of those players is Parker, who's going to be of age only in June. So I don't know. Uh, I guess they got some kind of uh- maybe they'll sign you
1: to a fourteen-day contract. Uh, maybe, maybe.
0: Well, we also have to consider that that, that roster, they're not going to be in, uh, in, uh, Asia. No. So this adds some further confusion as to what the sort of Korean or Asian roster of teams will look like. Uh, New York Excelsior, mind you, with their roster, I can totally see them staying, uh, in, in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know this for certainty, but based on some of the sort of preliminary power rankings I've seen from those within the scene, I think everyone and their uh, their sister and brother believe that that will be the case. Yeah, London. They're going to be fighting with Vancouver near the bottom. New York. I don't know. <laughs> it's, not the, uh... it's not the teams of past it might pop uh, but yeah why some not? good pieces there like yeah why not just a nugget could of be information
2: especially in the tank side like but, dps they're good then like support as well i think
1: but i mean outside of of shanghai dallas and, and san francisco like we do see the majority of teams and fusion um, right fusion like they, they are going the way of having, you know, qualified young players. Um, a lot of people that, you know, won their spots through through mm-hmm. a series of trials, just like what we described with Vancouver earlier. And then a mix of of what we could call veterans, right? Um, and and I think more teams are putting part of this might be just, you know, salary restrictions on on all every team, period. Um, but part of it, I think they're putting a lot more emphasis on on team synergy versus raw mechanical star power. Um, And so I think it's a little bit early to say like New York's going to be great or New York's going to be trash. Mm -hmm. I can see scenarios where both those things happen. Um, And also I think a lot of these, these, contender led teams like i feel like a feel of the may surprise and and it's not yeah. necessarily going to be the surprise of years past where we see you know xc just you know pop off or ons pop off more on him later um but more so just them as a unit they're doing well and 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 more like runaway titans of the past well even that's not a great example because i feel like they're all you know mini stars in their own right um but but more just like the cohesive teams are gonna win out
2: I agree. There's so much, so many unpro- unproven players, or like at least players that are fresh in in the league. So you you can't really tell what's going to happen for the majority
0: of the of the league for now. On that note, Anz uh, has announced that he is uh, retiring uh, from professional Overwatch, uh, stepping back primarily due to his his health. I don't actually know if anything specific had, had been shared about what that would be like. We've seen players in the past, uh, have to deal with, you know, the strain of mental health, um, others in some cases, you know, their physical health. Mm -hmm. And ultimately at the end of the day, that not matters very little. It's important that these players, um, either remain healthy or find a way to, to become healthy. The retirement happening when it did is somewhat surprising, yeah. but if he needs to step away for his own good, I'm glad that, you know, he was able to make that, that decision. Yeah, it's, it's sad,
2: but it, if you do retire for, for a good reason and your choice is always the good reason and, and, like, that's the way to do it, right? When you pop off in the finals and you uh, go down as literally the best uh, Widowmaker or, like, at least he's a he's a specialist, right, at that hero. Mm-hmm. And people will still be talking and reminiscing about Anz, I, I believe, like, two, three years out from now. I, I guess he'll still be playing, you know, at some capacity in, in, in ladder, but it's not the same as popping off on, on the really big stage when when he makes... Uh, other pros uh, look like fools which is kind of like interesting to see um but the, the ridiculous part about it is about san francisco shock now they lost uns as a hit scan dps and who who do they have uh, left on that spot is striker and glister i think they'll be just fine are you sure <laughs> it's,
0: it's, uh, a, it's, it's a san francisco ridiculous we're talking about. ridiculous they only have that big of a bench <laughs> yeah
1: still a free agent, right?
0: <laughs> he is. He is.
1: And we already forgot about Nero and uh, Tayo.
2: No, I was just uh, mentioning the
0: Hitscan DPS.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: So. Also retiring from professional Overwatch play as Rajayon, uh, as Sam already alluded to, uh, RJH is going to become a content creator for Gen He uh, had wanted to stay, I think, in professional overwatch. I believe he would articulated that desire and yeah. if not as a player, possibly in a, a coaching role. Um, I don't think he'll be in a bad spot as a content creator. Uh, he's got a strong following. He is well-spoken, very articulate. And
2: you I know, mean, looking at
0: the transition to content creation, there are many former professional esports players who have been quite successful in fact some players who may not have left the league on their own terms have become quite successful as yeah. content creators you should go
2: the jordan route as as
0: the goat of the overwatch league and just like
2: own a franchise they should like give a huge discount to I think, be in that I think I position
1: that. like i remember like um lauren another friend of the show she was telling me that a thousand people watch Hong sleep with the lights off (laughs) think about this for a second like you know we we work hard Well, we we work at at creating content um but imagine us just leaving basically snoring for 45 minutes as as an episode and having thousand people watch not recorded live Mm -hmm. and and the fans had enough audacity to wake him up on time for whatever he needed to do the next morning
0: How did they go about doing that?
1: I have no idea. I was not one of those fans.
2: It's weird. I have my two cats who watch me while I sleep. I don't know if that counts.
1: (laughs) It's just about the same thing.
0: (laughs) And then, as far as news with Overwatch is concerned, uh, the latest patch brought us our newest map. Uh, Kanazaka has now found its way into production. That is the new free for all map that was not planned for, but created because someone is part of their getting to know the game development uh platform built it uh so that's come out and with it is a new challenge with a pretty decent hanzo skin essentially same concept win nine matches get your skin Uh, it doesn't actually have to be win nine matches on kanazaka you can win nine matches in your you know competitive your arcade or quick play modes and then it also included uh, some adjustments. Um, Ash had an adjustment. So her damage has dropped a little but her recovery has gone up. And the logic behind that was that a boosted Ash had suddenly become a little overpowered. And not only uh, that, the rec- without the sort of the recovery that she had maybe overtuned. why did they then improve recovery so that in turn she can fire more shots? Well, they didn't want to completely lose the damage output. I think they wanted to eliminate that burst. Yeah. Uh, Hanzo got himself a slight buff it's just on his recovery. Sigma, there was an adjustment made on, uh, I think it was an experimental that's not come live, but his recovery from his, his shield has, has been nerfed. I, I mean, I remember OG Sigma where it's like shield out, shield in, shield out, shield in. And it became shield out, shield in. And now it's shield out shield in shield out like mean, it's like two seconds uh which takes a lot to get used to having played with him today didn't it go live his uh shield adjustment yeah but that's what it's saying like the OG Sigma was like where it was like
2: yeah yeah, yeah. no it's, it's, now a, it's now it's now it's a full two second recovery so I mean I hate playing Sigma and I hate playing against
0: Sigma uh, I'm happy with that nerf yeah uh, and yeah. then Hammond got himself a little nerf on his his shield. Uh, so it used to be that if you dropped in a, a tight pack of five or six players, you got a huge amount of shield. Like a million uh, HP. Now you you only get 750,000 HP. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, so again, minor adjustments. And then some lore was shared. And the lore, I believe, is attached to the Kanazaka map. But there are some that are also believing that there was... A hint to a future hero. I know it's come out that there should be no new heroes until Overwatch 2, but considering they released a map they had no plans on releasing because someone built one, is it possible that someone else built a new character in their development environment and they're like, let's do it? Maybe that and maybe
2: the fact that uh, within a month, uh, line is uh, up and coming. So maybe there's something that's going to be uh, revealed there. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is alluding, the lore alludes to, uh, a, you know, a character that has some, something to do with a fox. And we did see like uh, a new hero, four new hero silhouettes where uh, a ninja female character kind of has this little fox next to her. Maybe that's the one there. Teasing yeah. here, probably. I'm sure there's like a, a plethora of ten minute videos on YouTube if you're interested that uh, <laughs> goes deeply into it. Guaranteed, Sam will yeah. come back and watch m- with the new hero map. Is really nice though. Like it's always such a bittersweet thing for me when when we see a new map, but it doesn't go into the regular uh, competitive and QP rotation
0: as you know as a big. Uh, pale map but it, it's beautiful. Well, I I honestly believe some of the best maps are are FFAs. Yeah. Right, like it's, artistically and and what have you. I understand the context as to why they may not be going to full rotation. Yeah. But have case, you you played there, this one? I have not played this one. No, I've heard good things about it. It's like I, a I maze at some points. Yeah. I don't play FFA uh, mm. unless I have to, so <laughs> what
1: situations <laughs> are you forced to play FFA? I'm oh, and the, the PSQ party. is
0: too long. Whatever. When the party I'm in decides, let's go FFA. <laughs> uh, we're in arcade mode that, uh, or a loot box uh, requires it of me. <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, that's it with the game. It's, as we said, not a whole lot going on in the world of overwatch, the overwatch league right now. we, have BlizzCon line coming up next month. Uh, we have a new season in the Overwatch League happening in the spring, which, if that is seasonally accurate, <laughs> the earliest March, but more likely April or May. Uh we know that there'll be adjustments to the structure of the league as to where teams will be playing. I can't imagine the fusion will be the only team going to Korea this season from NA. Uh, and if you know London is coming to NA as it might seem that they would be, there would have to be another team going that direction. I can't see it as a London fusion swap. Uh, I mean, they can split Chengdu Hunters into two teams. They have like what
2: twelve players? no the 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 Hangzhou Spark. Oh, there you go. You have Hangzhou Spark with twelve
0: players and Chengdu eleven. So Chengdu AB, Hangzhou AB, and then Pretty San much. Francisco ABC. <laughs> But uh, yeah, here we are at the end of a, a pretty solid episode. One that uh, unfortunately started off with some, uh, some news of uh, Sam's departure. And you know what, Sam? That's, that's unfortunate. Have you changed your mind? I mean, it's been 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm still retired for now.
1: But ask me again in 15.
0: Okay. Um, any final words of wisdom for all of our, our listeners there?
2: 2021 was declared by the United Nations as the International Year of Fruits and Vegetables. So, fruits and vegetables, it's your time to rise up.
1: And that's exactly why I'm done with this
0: year. <laughs> well, we all know that potatoes are the bananas are fruit, or bananas, the potatoes are fruit.
2: Yeah, the latter, I think, is the correct
0: one. <laughs> I mean, uh,
1: as for me, make sure uh, everybody stays safe, be well have a lot of fun and think of me when you eat fried chicken
0: (laughs) instead of Leroy. Um, me, um, thanks Sam for, for joining me on this wild and wacky wacky ride. Uh, I don't know if we've ever sort of publicly shared this, but you were actually the first co co-host before Omni, you and I were going to get together. It's just that our schedules didn't allow for it. Omni joined in, we had the chemistry and magically the three of us got along. Um, (laughs) So, you know, thank you for, for encouraging me to, to do this. Uh, Thank you for being sort of that sage advice in my ear to uh, tell me what not to do and then watch me go do it. And (laughs) as well, I mean, you're obviously welcome back, uh, including apparently when we talk about basketball at at some point, I, I should probably leave that up to you and Omni as to when we'll have our, our basketball episode. Uh, but I'm also, you know, equally excited to, to see what the future brings for, for Omni and I. I mean, let's be real. Omni and I are the two heavy lifters. We've had to carry you for how long now? I mean, two years almost. I mean it's
1: a Hanzo meta and you guys are some heavy tanks out there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh For our listeners, uh, 2021 is a new year. There are some things that uh, we have in the works. Uh, Omni and I have talked a little bit about what those might be, and our hope is is that in the relatively near future, we can can share that news uh, with you. We're also uh, trying to determine, do we need that third person in that third seat? If you think you have what it takes to be better than Sam, which I know is not setting too high of a bar, (laughs) reach out to us. Where... RSP Discord, discord.io/slash Ready Set Pone is the place to go. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Ready Set Email feedback at readysetpone.com. We have a phone number, but I can't give it to you because the fax machine's connected to it
2: now. Yeah, and, and extensive NBA knowledge is a prerequisite for
0: that third spot. <laughs> Apparently, uh, the pay not so good because <laughs> <laughs> the start of the- <laughs> Omni's taking all of it. True. Uh, but, uh, on behalf of Oni at Oni Strife, Sam at another Sam Chan, not just another Sam, he is Sam, myself, Chris at Lightforce, we'll sign this episode off with those two words you've been waiting to hear, catchphrase!